0: Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. Uh, let's get into the Word of God. Father, I thank you for what, Lord God, you're going to say to us today. I thank you, Lord God, that this is a good day, a day of the Word, a day where we'll be stretched. A day, Lord God, where you will minister to us in the power of the Spirit. Thank you for what you've already been communicating to us. We receive in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you about having faith, and more particularly, every day having strong faith. Every day, I want you to have strong faith. Is it possible that your faith is strong all the time? Now, that sounds kind of radical. Some people might say, well, that's not really practical. You're going to have some weak days, you know. You really can't be strong all the time. But I want to kind of pique your curiosity to this thought. Is it possible that your faith remains strong all the time? I believe it is. I believe that God has given us tools that if we would put into practice, our faith can be strong all the time. I didn't say that our faith won't be challenged. I didn't say that our faith will never be tested. But I'm saying that even in challenge, even in it being tested, you can withstand the test. You can be strong every day. Praise God. I I was really thanking God for me the other day. I was like, thank you. I'm I'm really cool, God. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Because I, I, in my mind, I laughed. I said, man, I'm so glad I'm not like this. I'm so glad I'm not a, a preacher that comes and talks about um, just defeat all the time. And y'all yeah, got to pray for me. I'm going through. And sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we succeed. Woe is me. Woe is life. Lord have mercy. Glad y'all came. Because I'm going through it. And I I just started laughing at, I was laughing at that thought that, man, because sometimes you got to step back and like, man, am I I preaching a word that Jesus would preach? And every time I look at his word, I never see any kind of weakness coming from him. He never presents the gospel in a way that, well, you might fail and it's tough out there, it's hard out there. Man, it it ain't easy being a Christian. Jesus never talked like that. Ah, I mean, he told you there'll be challenges, but he always put the expectation that you should win. So, man, I'm just so glad that you're in an environment where you're going to be encouraged and challenged to win. Praise God! I'm never going to say, "Hey, you know, yeah, you know, you you just you're struggling, and I get it, and you know, it's okay to fail sometimes, and and that's just the way it is. We're all human, you know. We're just gonna." You know, and, and, and I don't say that to suggest that I don't understand failure and struggle. I do, but I never make it the standard of life. That's the difference. You can make struggle the standard or you can make it the exception. Praise the Lord. That's a good word for me. You will go through challenges, but the entire lifespan should not be a big challenge. I heard the Bible say, surely, somebody say surely, Surely. goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. In other words, every day. Every day I will experience goodness and mercy. Will I be challenged? Yes. Will there at times be a struggle? Yes. But I'm determined to see God's best in my life, in my family, in my health, in my church. And everything I put my hands to, I want to see Jesus. How about you? Y'all not responding like you believe what I'm saying. You can be strong every day. Praise the Lord. You can be. And I want to teach you how to be. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Mark 11, 12 to 14 now the next day when they had come out from Bethany he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs in response Jesus said to it let no one eat fruit from you ever again (laughs) Jesus was mad (laughs) He was really hungry. <laughs> he was really hungry. <laughs> and his disciples heard it. Verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, this is the next day. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed, has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. What should you have faith in? in God. Some translations read this, Have the kind of faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. This may shock you, but God has faith. What does he have faith in? He has faith in himself. He has faith in his word. He has faith that when he speaks, it will happen. When he was creating the earth, when he was creating the heavens, he didn't say, man, I wonder if it's going to work. If I say, let there be light. Ooh, this is tough. Should I try? No, he knew when I release this word, the worlds will begin to form. God, that took faith. God has faith. And Jesus was saying, have that kind of faith. Have faith in God or the faith you find in God, the faith that comes from God, the God kind of faith. Amen. This is what I want you to do. So he cursed this fig tree. Now, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, um, Jesus is talking, you know, figuratively. No, he's not. He's talking literally because he cursed the literal fig tree. Think about that. So Jesus answered and said to them. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever. Somebody say whatever. Whatever. Jesus is extreme. He will have whatever. He's talking about fig trees. He's talking about mountains. He's talking about whatever. I mean, my God, he's really trying to drive a point. He's not talking, you know, in a way that, well, you know, let's just be careful here. Let's just be sensible here. Let's be wise here. You know, that the word wisdom often means don't believe a lot of times. Well, let's be wise here. Let's be practical here. Jesus wasn't practical. Jesus wasn't, he was wise, of course, but not wise in the way people use the word wisdom. Let's be careful here. No, he did miraculous things. Amen. Amen. I want to rattle you a little bit because I want you to really get comfortable with the concept that anything is possible for this God that we worship. How about, I don't want to worship someone who has limits. I don't want to worship someone who, you know, uh, I don't know, let's see, you know. I want to worship someone who has no limits, where the impossible is easy. Amen. And you can have that kind of faith. That's what Jesus said. He said, have this kind of faith. Peter, you're surprised that I cursed this fig tree. Let me teach you something. You can do the same thing. You can have that same kind of faith where when you release a word, the elements of this world obey you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, because if, if it's not for us, then why is it here? The Bible says that the scriptures were written for our learning, for our admonishment, for our example. Jesus is our example. He wants you to release words of faith, and that's how you demonstrate the faith that you find in God. So here's what I wrote, and I want you to follow this with me if you can. The spirit of faith speaks And changes circumstances on command. I'll read that one more time. The Spirit of Faith speaks and changes circumstances on command. The Spirit of Faith speaks and changes circumstances on command. One more for the Holy Ghost. The spirit of faith speaks and changes circumstances on command. Notice, Jesus didn't pray for this fig tree to die. He spoke it and it happened. I want you to see that. Also notice, because this is very important, also notice that it didn't wither away immediately to the naked eye. Right? Right? Immediately to the naked eye, but it withered away immediately. How do we know? Let's go back. Okay. Verse Verse 13, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps it would find something on it. And he came to, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it, going down to verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So something happened, but they didn't see it when Jesus spoke it but it happened anyway. So this is what I want you to understand. Think of it like, anybody ever take Tylenol before? Okay, now, if you have a headache, you take Tylenol. No one pops Tylenol in their mouth and then like literally a second later, like, I don't understand, I still have a headache. They they, they envision that you take a Tylenol and it's working through the bloodstream, right? But they believe Something has happened immediately. Your body has metabolized this Tylenol or has metabolized into your body and something is changing. They expect a time release relief. They expect an hour from that point in time for them to actually see the changes, but they believe that it's already happening. I want you to understand that when you speak the word of the Lord, you have to believe that in the minute, the second you speak it, something has happened. And this is what Jesus demonstrated. And this is why they were so surprised. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. This fig tree has withered away from its root. And Jesus says, listen, this is, this is simple. You can do the same thing. Just believe that when you speak on command, circumstances and things will change. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Look at verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask. Here's that word, whatever. My God. Jesus is so absolute. Whatever thing. Every time I preach this, there's always someone that comes to me. And that's okay. You can come to me. I'm not, I'm not talking about you. But, well, Pastor, what about, you know. You know, I don't know if that's, oh, that. Everyone gets nervous when, when they hear whatever because their mind starts to really, really, whatever. You know, like, really? really and then then you have the religious folks like, oh, no, no, it, it ain't whatever. Jesus didn't mean whatever. Well, he said whatever. So let me explain what this word whatever means. It means whatever. <laughs> no, let me explain. Clearly, I, clearly, we're talking about whatever God supports. I don't have to say that, but for those who get nervous, because I don't say it, like I I know, I know, I know it is, I know what it is. There's some people who get nervous until I qualify it because it just sounds too good. No, it can't be. So I gotta say it. Yes, Jesus has to support what you're saying. So whatever the Lord supports, and you can know what He supports because He's communicated it in His Word. Jesus is saying. Whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you will have them. Somebody shout whatever. Shout it loud, whatever. 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 Praise God. Now, I want to talk to you about faith here because I know it's tough. Because sometimes we've prayed for things that maybe we haven't received. So let me just, before we go into all of that, don't make your experience doctrine, right? That's very important because sometimes we say, oh, well, this didn't happen for me, so it's not true. No, 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 no. Maybe something was missing in this regard, or maybe you didn't, you know, whatever. But don't discount the word because an ex- for an experience. Take the word for what it says, Don't challenge the validity of the word, challenge whether you were in position to receive whatever you asked, because I'm going to share with you in a few, in in, in just a little moment, how sometimes people ask for things and they do have doubt in their heart, because remember Jesus, whatever you believe, whatever you pray for, if you have no doubt in your heart. Or there's other things that cause you to miss, but Jesus is very, very absolute about this. He wants you to receive yeah. in the name of Jesus. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Receiving happens. You can write this down. Receiving happens at the point of believing. Receiving happens at the point of of believing. I love to give this as an example. Anybody ever ordered something from Amazon before? Yeah. All right. So you go to Amazon.com, say you want to order a book, okay? You put in a book, you put in your card information, you hit checkout, boom, it tells you order received, and then you get maybe an email, maybe an hour later, maybe if you have Prime, you know, they tell you your shipment has been, you know, your, your book has been shipped, right? So what do you do? You know, okay, I have this book. I've rec- I haven't received it in my hand, but it's already mine. It's on its way to me. Praise God. You're, you're excited about this book for those who like to read. You know what I mean? You're excited. Yeah, this book is coming. It's mine. You you've already have it. And then it materializes a day or two later at your doorstep. And when you see the package, you already know what it is. You already know that you've received because you've already done what you needed to do to acquire it. Well, that's exactly how faith works. When you pray for something, Jesus is saying, believe that you receive it and you will have it. So when do you receive? The moment you believe. The moment you prayed in faith, that's when you have received. Man, this changed my prayer life. Yes. This, made, this made all the difference for me. Now, how do I know if you're in faith? Very simple. Very simple, simple test. You ready? Yes. Do you pray about the same thing more than once? And I'm talking specifically, because there's some things you can pray over and over, but I'm talking about Things that you don't have to pray over and over, things that have to do with something very specific that you either have it or you don't. Like, let me give you an example. You can pray for grace over and over. You can't exhaust grace. You can pray for strength, wisdom, peace, knowledge. Those things you can pray every single day. Lord, I need knowledge. I need grace. I need your strength. I need, need," you can pray all. But now, if you're praying for a job, amen. Amen. Any, Any working people in here? I know if you're in faith, if you've prayed once and you've just given God thanks for it. I know that you're not if you keep asking for it. Believe that you... No one prays for something they've already received. But you do thank someone for something that they've given you. Even after you have it. Man, you know, I got to tell you, man, I really, I'm really enjoying that... that um, I don't know that, whatever, that, that, that camera you bought me. I'm, th- thanks again. That was a great gift. You can give thanks for something that you already have. Yeah, yeah. Man, that Christmas gift you, or oh, that sweater you bought me, man, that fits great. Thanks. I wore it last night. I love it. You can give thanks constantly, but no one, no one is asking for something. They already have it. So how do I know if you're in faith? Are you asking for something that you've already prayed about? Is it possible that, yes, asking for something twice can nullify what you've already prayed for? Because you're demonstrating to heaven, I don't think you heard me the first time. Amen. Amen. We just heard a wonderful testimony. Someone being healed. Praise the Lord. Say you need healing in your body. You come to a place and you say, Lord, I had a medical diagnosis. This is what was told to me. And I'm asking you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may the healing anointing right now rest over this part part of my body, whatever it is, my back, my head, my leg, whatever, and then you speak to that condition. In the name of Jesus, you are a violation to this body. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I command you to go. Amen. Now, the next day, you don't say, Lord, heal me. Lord, no, because you've received. What do you do? Lord, I thank you. That just as I believed your word, your word is at work in me, and it's affecting a healing and a cure. And I'm standing on your word this day, Satan. I'm not commanding you; I'm reminding you that you are already defeated, and you have no place in my body. In the name of that's how you stay in faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How to keep your faith strong every day. Every day. This is going to help you. I'm going to give you, I think I'm going to give you four things. I'm going to try to give you four things. Because here's the reality of why it's hard for us to walk in in, in this kind of faith. Faith sometimes requires a certain kind of environment. I've been there. I've been where I'm like, man, I just don't feel like so strong in faith. I don't feel so charged up. I don't feel like I can really stand on the word. I I feel kind of weakened in faith. I've I've experienced that. How about you? All right, so how do we stay charged? How do we stay in faith every day? Somebody say every day. Every day. day, Have your faith working towards something. Non-active faith is a faith that loses muscle. You need to be using your faith every day for something. Something small, something big, it doesn't make a difference. Get your muscles of faith working. Lord, this is the day that you've made. Praise the Lord. I'm going to rejoice, Lord. I'm standing in faith today for something favorable to happen for me. Just because. I don't need it, but I just just need to exercise my faith to get my faith realizing that I must always be engaged with what the word of the Lord has said to me. Non-active faith loses muscle. So you need to be constantly engaging the muscles of your faith. In other words, set faith goals. Faith goals. It, it, listen, it doesn't even have to be for you only. If you, you feel like, man, you know, I, just, I just have everything I need. I mean, I just can't. I look around and just don't know what else I can believe God for. Praise the Lord. You know what? Jump on to somebody else. Say, so you know what? I want to engage my faith with, what, with, with what's going on in your life. I want to pray and believe with you. Every single day, believe God for something. If you want to be strong in faith, you have to engage your faith every single day. Somebody say every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. So let me ask you a couple of questions. What are you trusting God for Today. Think about that. What are you trusting God for every day? What are you presenting to the Father? I'm just going to help you. What have you completely once and for all relinquished in the hand of God? Three questions I want you to think about. Is it, a bit, is it, is it too cold in here? Oh, the ladies said. All right, let's, let's, help, let's help out the, the people of God. Thank you. Praise the Lord for AC. That, that's, that's what your money did. Your money put that good AC in here. I told you about that good AC. I was serious about that good AC. <laughs> Praise God. Three questions again. What are you actively? Somebody say actively. Actively. What are you actively trusting God for? What are you presenting to the Father? What have you completely, once and for all, relinquished in the hand of God? That's how you keep your faith engaged. Believe God for something small. Believe, I don't care what it is. Tomorrow, Lord, I believe you for $5. Yes. I believe that someone's going to bless me with $5. I'm standing in faith for that in the name of Jesus. Or Lord, someone's going someone's to do something good for me. Your word says goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Lord, I want to see something today. A demonstration of your goodness and your mercy. I'm okay. I'm not in any crisis. Everything's all right. But I just want to test this out. I want to see your goodness and mercy today, Monday. Start engaging your faith. Start engaging your faith with somebody else. What are you standing on, what, what are you standing on the word for? I want to I join in with you. What does that do? That puts you in a position where your faith is always engaged so that if there's ever something that does come up that requires a little bit more muscle, that muscle is already developed. You're already in a practice of believing God. It's not like, oh man, I haven't prayed in a while, I haven't believed in God. Uh, let, let me fast and pray. Let me, let me get myself up. No, no, no. Every day I'm believing God for something. And I'm seeing His goodness manifested in my life every single day. Number two. Every day. Somebody say every day. Every day. Hear the Word of God. now, I don't mean just by podcast, that's cool. I don't mean just by YouTube, that's cool. I'm talking about hear the word of God from your own mouth. Here's a practice I would encourage you to do. Don't only just read the word, but speak the word out loud. Speak it aloud. When you're reading the word, let your ears get comfortable hearing the word of God spoken. I remember there was a season in my life, I mean, I I would do this, but I also would put healing scriptures on on my headphones going to bed. I was believing God for health and healing. I felt like my body was under constant attack. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to bed, put the word of the Lord in my ears, and hear the word of God spoken over me. I'd wake up, speak the word of the Lord over. i would make sure that there is an audible sound coming out from my mouth speaking the word of God. Why? Hearing the word of God causes your faith to be strong. You know where you should be hearing the word of God more than any place? Your own mouth. Amen. Amen. Look, I thank God that you're here and you're hearing the word of God But it would be a travesty if this is the only time you heard it during the week. How about you wake up tomorrow and and, and the scriptures that I'm referring to, the stories that I'm showing you, you go home and you're like, you know what, Lord, this is going to be my meditation. And I'm speaking the word of God over my life. What will happen? You're giving the Holy Spirit something fresh to work with. Look at this scripture found in Romans 10, 14 and 17. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Now this is primarily talking about the gospel being preached to different parts of the world. And Paul is pretty much saying, How are these people going to hear the gospel unless we send people to preach? Because they won't be able to believe unless they hear. And they won't be able to be and, and, and unless these people are sent, they won't be preaching. So you need preaching, you need hearing, you need sending. And this is what he's saying. He says, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith Comes by hearing. How does faith come? By hearing. Notice the word is it comes by hearing. It comes. It's a constant thing. There are things that you have probably believed God for before, because you heard the word, and then you stop hearing it, and the faith stopped coming. You heard it again, and the faith emerged. You stop hearing, it stopped coming. Faith comes. It's a continual tense. It comes by hearing. And hearing by the preaching of the word or the word of God. That's how it comes. So my encouragement to you today is simple. Pastor, I want to have strong faith every day. Very good. Hear the word of God every day. Hear the word of God every day. Every day. Somebody say every day. I'm telling you right now, you cannot hear the word God every day and, have, and, and not have strong faith. It's impossible. The word of God is that powerful. And you can't be feeding your ears with the, something that, that created the universe and doubt something so small. It's impossible that the God of the universe breathe this word into this book that you're reading and that you're holding. And you're putting it into your spirit, man, and you not feel like you can run through anything. It's impossible. It's not a question of faith. It's a question of what you're hearing. That's it. There's no magical formula. They even came to Jesus. Man, give us 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 faith. Teach us how to believe. Jesus says, man, it's simple. I mean, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could do this. Faith is that powerful. You don't need a lot of it. It's just about what you're hearing every day. Now, here's something that's true of you, and I want you to think about it. This is true for everybody. You hear something every day. I want you to think about it. What is it that you hear every day? And when I say hear, I'm not talking about you hear the voice of people, you know, you hear a, a car honk and, you know, just the natural noises of the world. I'm talking about there are messaging that you hear every day. Yeah. Every day, there is people that you listen to. Every day, there is message that you hear. Every day, that's what you're going to have faith for. It's that simple. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I like the scripture found in Psalm 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven The word of God is settled in heaven. When the word of the Lord is settled in our hearts, it settles us. The reason why sometimes we're unsettled is because that which is settled is not settled in us. God's word is not, you know, crazy and here and there. No, no. It's settled in heaven. What if you took that same settled word in heaven and put it in your heart? It would settle you. Thank you, Lord. Hear the word how often? Every day. Come on, look at it, your neighbor, say it loud. How often? Every day. Every day, Every day okay? That's going to help you? Every day, listen to the word of God. And let that word come from your own mouth. Wake up. This is the day. The, I mean, that's, we, we know that one, right? This is the day the Lord has made. And we know it's not a 24-hour period. It's a day that we're living in. But hey. This is a part of that day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Psalm 23, verse 6. Quote the scriptures. This is the day that the Lord is going to show me his favor. This is the day that I'm going to walk in divine health. For the Bible says that by his stripes I'm healed. You can't talk like that and be weak in faith. You can't. This is the day where I walk in peace. The Bible says to be at peace with all people as much as lies within you. Some people you just can't be at peace with, you know, but most people you can be at peace. I'm going to be at peace when I go to work. Yeah, I'm going to be at peace with my supervisor, with my coworkers, with my with whoever I work with. I'm going to be at peace. This is the day where I subject my flesh to the word of God. No, I'm not watching that. The Bible says that I should flee immorality, flee youthful lust, but pursue godliness, pursue righteousness, faith, purity. All those that, that, call, on the name of the, that call on the name of the Lord, that's what I'm going to pursue. You can't talk like that and be weak. It's not a faith problem. It's a hearing problem. In the name of Jesus, you're going to hear the word of the Lord. And you know what happens when you put the word of the Lord in you more and more? I shared this with someone the other day. They asked me, how do you hear the voice of God? How do you know the voice of God? How do you know when it's God's voice, where it's your voice? I gave her something very simple. I simply said, well, first and foremost, read the written word. All right? You ever, <laughs> you ever write a long email to somebody? or detailed instructions, texts. You you know, you you communicate something to somebody and then they didn't bother reading it, but they come to you and they ask you questions that you just answered. How how does that make you feel? Like, didn't I just answer this question? I gave you instructions, I told you this, I'll meet you at four o'clock, and you're coming to me like, what's how we meeting? Yeah. Read what I sent you. Go the email. Yeah. Look at the word of God as a detailed email. What does it do when someone has read through material before a meeting? Oh. It allows you to have a more fruitful meeting. now you can come to that person and say you know what I need a little clarification on this point that was a wonderful idea can we talk more about now now the Holy Spirit steps in because you're engaged with what he already said but if you don't know what he said yo what, what, what are we talking about here you're asking questions that don't even make any sense Lord if it be your will You know, you know that's not my will if you've read my word. (laughs) The word of God is the language of the Holy Spirit. When the word of God is in your spirit, man, it's easier to hear the voice of the spirit. Because he will only confirm what he's already revealed in his word. Every day, number three, every day be grateful. I'm talking about how to be strong in faith every day. Every day be grateful. Glory to God. This is a beautiful scripture. When I I give you scriptures, I'm asking you to really, don't just, like, I want you to remember this. Let this be something that you go go, go to bed with, wake up with. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in the faith with thanksgiving. It's talking about primarily the faith of Jesus Christ, having faith in him. These are new believers the, 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 the Apostle Paul is speaking to this new church, and he's like, I want you to abound, I want you to grow, I want you to be fruitful in the faith that you have in Jesus. How are you going to abound? You're going to abound in it with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. As you release thanksgiving specifically about the faith of jesus who jesus is in your life as you are grateful grateful for the little things grateful for the small things grateful for everything lord i'm grateful i'm grateful for all that you've shared with me all that you've done for me all that you've given me lord i'm choosing not to complain i'm grateful what happens your faith begins to expand why gratitude Gives you a focus on what is good. When you lose sight of what's good, you have faith only for what is bad. That's it. You start examining what's good, all of a sudden your heart begins to believe, yeah, this is life. This is life. This is what it is. This, this, this is possible. This is what is. This is what God is doing. Your faith begins to expand because you're filling your heart with gratitude. I want you to be grateful today. That's going to make you strong in faith every day. All right, I'm going to stop right here. What was number one? All, all right. Number two. Number three. Every day be grateful. That's going to cause your faith to be strong every day. You can't be grateful. You can't be hearing the word of God every day. You can't be using your faith every day and then you're not strong in faith. It's impossible. Let me give you one last one. It's going to bless you here. Yeah. Every day, be in prayer. every day. someone say every day. Acts 4.13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. These are apostles that are saying great and mighty things, speaking boldly, speaking in faith, speaking confidently, and they're like, wait a minute. These guys didn't go to Bible school. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't. They're not one of the Pharisees. Who are these untrained, uneducated people? And then they made a conclusion. Ah, oh, okay. Now we get it. They've been with Jesus. Their relationship with Jesus made them bold. Them spending time with Jesus made them appear educated. Some of y'all not educated. It's okay. Get with Jesus. You'll look smarter than you are. I'm I'm being real. Some of you are not qualified for certain things. Look, I get it. Be with Jesus. He will upgrade you. He'll make you sound smart. He'll make you sound like you've been doing this for years. And people will be shocked and be like, how is it that you can speak so confidently about this? Oh, I've been with Jesus. This doesn't discount education. I believe you should go to school, be educated. Amen? Amen. Like a doctor, I, I want my doctor to be with Jesus and go to school. I want both. <laughs> right? I mean, if the doctor's trying to operate, don't worry. I just, I, I've been with Jesus only. No. <laughs> go to school and be with Jesus. So education is cool. We get that. But there'll be times your education won't be enough. There'll be times you, won't ju- you just won't have it. You just won't know it. But that's not an excuse to be weak in faith if you've been with Jesus. If you're with Jesus, you can be strong in faith every day. That's what prayer does. Prayer, oh man, what's on him just rubs on you. What's on the Lord just begins to smear on you and you begin to have that confidence that comes from the Spirit. Every day. This is how we walk by faith. We walk by faith because we are spending time in prayer. We're spending time with the one that, that knows all, that can do all, that has it all, that loves us more than anyone can love us. We're spending time with the one who is miraculous, supernatural. We're spending time with the one who has paid an awesome price in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We're spending time with the one who created, who created the entire universe. You cannot hang out with someone like that and not be confident. It's impossible. So this is why I'm saying to you, you can be strong every day. If you don't feel strong every day, I guarantee you it's because you're not doing these things every day. But you will in Jesus' name. I declare that Live Church is a church of faith. Amen. Amen. A church that believes God. I have so many other things, but I'm going to stop here. A church that believes God, no matter what the odds are. That's the kind of faith that God wants you to have. This is why, and I know this is true for all of us, you are constantly fought and distracted and pulled away from spiritual things. You think it's just because, y'all you am know, not spiritual, I love the world, I love the things of the world, I don't love God enough. No, 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 that's not what it is. It's that you live in a society, you live in a culture, you live in a world, you live in a time that wants to suffocate your time with God. The Bible calls the world, the Bible calls the enemy the prince of the world, the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world system. I'm not making everything about the devil, but I want you to understand something. I'll give you an example. Years ago, many, many years ago, you couldn't find people working on Sunday except for very limited you know, jobs. Why? Because there was something called, what was it called, blue laws or blue, blue something, blue Sunday laws. I'm forgetting the name, but it was a law that pretty much said that you cannot work or jobs would not be open, stores wouldn't be open, everything would have to be shut down. In fact, I remember I was shocked and I was reminded of this because I was in a supermarket, I think it was maybe three years ago, four years ago, and um, I was buying something. It was a Sunday morning, and um, I saw a big sign on the wall, um, no alcohol sol- sold before 12 p.m., right? And I was like, "That's, that's odd. I, I really saw that. And then I was reminded, yeah, these are laws that were in the books to honor honor a society that would dedicate Sunday for worship. Now? <laughs> oh, boy. Now you have school on Sunday? You have everything on Sunday. I mean, Sunday is the day. Like, it's not even the Lord's day. No, it's my day. It's every day. Every, I mean, it, everything happens on a Sunday now. Now, it could be like, oh, it's no big deal. What's, what, what's the point of a day? What's the point? You know, here's the reality. It creates a decent, it desensitizes society to honor things that promote intimacy with the Lord. So what happens is we are now in a time where we're over busy, overworked, stressed. We're constantly under it, under the gun. We're constantly trying to make things happen. We're, we constantly feel depleted. We're constantly feeling tired. We're constantly feeling like we don't have enough. We have to constantly work. We have to overwork. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have limited amount of time to do anything, and Sunday is my only day to do anything I can possibly do for myself because everything is just, you know, demands, 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 demands. That's not by accident. That's to produce a society that becomes desensitive to the things of God. It's to produce a generation of people that don't go to church because they don't have time. They're tired. They're children. And and here's the the deceptive part. Most of the generation now, you'll see, they grew up in church. So they feel good because they know enough. They can go to the Bible. They can pray. They have enough experience. But look at their children. Look at their children. Their children are often out of touch with the things of God. Because they're not in church. They're not following these types of traditions, if you would, or even the things that you see practiced from the word of God. It's non-existent. So a society is now being developed that is void of faith. I mean, isn't it silly that we have politicians that literally put their hand on the Bible, swear an oath, and then mock you for believing it. I mean, what, what the heck are we doing? Why is what the Bible calls having a form of godliness, but denying its power? Yeah, I'm gonna put my hand on the Bible, but you, you don't think I really believe it. I mean, that's what it's saying. Of course, I'm gonna put my hand on the Bible. But you think I actually believe this? No, I have a form of godliness. But I don't believe I deny its power, I deny its truth, I deny that it's actually inspired. I do this out of tradition, I do this to, just to play the part. This is why we have to understand that when you personally now feel pulled and pulled and pulled. I want to help you. It's not because you don't love God. It's not because you're not spiritual. It's not because, you know, you love the world so much. I want to help you here. The reality is you are in a battle. You are in a battle for your time, for your energy, for your faith. And I want you to win that battle. I want you to make a determination. I will spend time with the Lord every day. Nothing is worth my time with the Lord. I will hear his word every day. There's certain things, Lord, even if it's just for 10 minutes, I will do it until I grow, I'm going to do it. I will be grateful every day. I will use my faith every day. I will and I will contend because I'm not going to be one of those Christians who believe or just really have a form of godliness. But when it really comes down to it, I don't believe in its power. I can't tell you how many times people have said, Pastor, okay, I hear you, but this is real life now. Christians. Real talk, you know, they do that. Real talk now. What, we're not talking real? Like, like this is la-la land, fantasy land. Like, okay, now, real talk. No, this is real talk. Jesus is real talk. It's not fake talk. But I'm not surprised because people look at spirituality as a thing to make you feel a certain way, to make you escape the real world. Oh, that was a nice reprieve. Now, let's get into the real world. No, 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 no. no. This is fake. The Bible says that this is passing away. This is what will endure forever. You need to bring the real world into the fake world. Overworking is fake because you're deceiving yourself to think that you're adding value to yourself. That's fake. Being stressed is fake because you're acting like if I worry about it, I'm going to change something. No, 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 that's fake. You're not changing anything. This is real. You need to take what's real and transfer it into what's fake. And shape the surroundings, shape the circumstances. Begin to speak and command and allow those circumstances to change by what's real. So don't ever come into this notion of oh, real talk now, real talk. Okay, yeah, Pastor, I hear you open real talk. (laughs) No, this is real. I be, is holiness real? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I hear We're church worshiping, yo. But yo, she look fine, yo. Real talk. No. What do you think I'm doing here? The word of God is real. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's more real than anything you could ever face. And you need to really engage that word as if it's real. Not as if it's something to make you escape a feeling of reality. No, it is reality. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So spend time with the Lord and you'll begin to get the realness of the spirit. You'll be real. Man, God is real. God is is something amazing. I hear his voice. Really? Really? Yeah, I hear his voice. I hear his. I feel him. The Lord is moving. The Lord has been talking to me. This is real. Really? Yeah, real. Real talk. (sighs) Amen. You are a great people of faith in the name of Jesus. When you're faced with a challenge, you will respond with the word of God. You will respond with what has been sold into your spirit, man. You will not doubt the word of the Lord, but you will believe what he has said to you, and you will come out and you will emerge victorious in the name of Jesus. The word of God will increase in your heart. Your appetite for the word of the Lord will expand and you'll be rooted and established. And nothing shall easily move you anymore. This is a new day for you. The word of the Lord is now coming alive. When you read his word, you won't fall asleep. You won't be disengaged. But the word of the Lord will be ignited in your spirit, man. It will be like fire in your bones. In the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord will pierce you, it will cut you, it will heal you, it will inform you, it will instruct you. The word of the Lord will defend you, it will come alive in you. The word of the Lord shall be spoken to you, it will confirm you, it will affirm you. The word of the Lord is your portion. Receive that now. You will not be taken away from it. I declare you were like Mary and that good part that you chose will not be taken from you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Give God a shout of praise if you can. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, Let's bless him. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's worship the Lord. Come on, worship him for his word. Worship him for the victory that he's given us. Thank you, Lord. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I stand in agreement with you, Jesus. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.